You are listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy, and sponsored by the award-winning novel, The Beloved Daughter. Visit alanaterry.com beloved to listen to this gripping audiobook about a Christian girl in North Korea. And now, enjoy today's episode of Unabridged, the Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 14 Back home, Kimmy helped Pip get situated in their room with a handful of matchbox cars Mom managed to buy for him at the thrift store. Once Kimmy was sure he was adequately distracted, she headed to the bathroom and started cleaning. Chuck must have had a bloody nose again. Splatters of red filled the sink. She looked inside the cabinet. Great, no gloves either. She grabbed a few paper towels and balled them together in as thick of a wad as she could, hoping the barrier was big enough to protect her from coming into contact with her stepfather's blood. Who knew what kind of diseases he might carry? Her stomach retched, and she remembered she hadn't eaten any lunch. Oh well, at least Pip was fed. Whatever Jade heated up for the kids that afternoon might have to last him until tomorrow morning if Chuck let them go back to the daycare at all. He couldn't really force her to quit her job. They needed the money. Besides, he liked getting Pip out of the house. After three-day weekends when the daycare was closed for a holiday, Chuck would grumble and demanded to know when she would get that boy out of his hair. A dozen times while she cleaned out the sink, Kimmy pictured herself walking into the living room, snapping off that stupid television set of his, and telling her stepfather he had no authority to make her leave her job. But then what? Even if he legally couldn't keep her from the daycare, he had every right to prevent Pip from going. And then what would be the point? She had to stay with Pip. She was his only protection from his father's violence. She would never leave the two of them at the trailer alone. So if Chuck remained that stubborn about the daycare, if he said that he was withdrawing Pip from the program, did that mean she'd stay here, every bit a slave as her mom had been? The idea was unfathomable. She'd lose her mind. She'd go insane and kill herself like her mom had, or kill her stepfather and wind up behind bars, with Pip imagining her a villain every bit as scary as the ones he saw on TV. No, she couldn't. She wouldn't stay here forever. So what could she do? She scrubbed at the sink fiercely until Chuck came in, pushing past her with a grunt. He unzipped his pants and started to pee. Disgusted, Kimmy threw down her paper towel, stomped into the hallway, and slammed the bathroom door shut. People shouldn't live like this. It was cruel and inhumane to subject a child as young and impressionable as Pip to this kind of squalor and filth. Chuck cleared his throat from the bathroom loudly enough that Kimmy could hear through the door and above the sound of the wailing TV. She didn't know what was on, but it certainly wasn't appropriate for children. Sometimes she wondered if Pip retreated into his own mind like he did, because his surroundings were too difficult to accept. No kid should have to endure what he had, but what could Kimmy do? How could she help him? She thought about Taylor. She'd had the trooper on her mind even before he showed up at her work today. Fingering his card in her pocket, she wondered if there was any way he could help her. 
But how? If Chuck wouldn't let Pip go back to the daycare, that meant she couldn't go back either. She couldn't abandon her brother that way. As far as she knew, Chuck had never physically hurt Pip, but he'd threatened to. It was one of his go-to responses whenever Kimmy or her mom showed any sign of rebellion. If mom let the coffee run out, Chuck would tell her he was going to bash Pip's head against the wall. If Kimmy didn't sign over her entire daycare check to him, he'd threaten to starve Pip for the week. Who could guess what would happen to her brother if Kimmy defied Chuck's orders and went back to the daycare? She'd have to find another way to convince him. She could bring up the money, but she'd already tried that. There had to be something else. Chuck threw open the bathroom door, jostling her as he squeezed his wide girth down the hallway. Scratching at his hairy belly, he mumbled, Out of my way, and plodded back toward his recliner. Kimmy glanced at him in open disgust. Her mom had spent a decade with this man, subjecting Kimmy and later Pip to his barbaric ways, his explosive temper. And now mom was gone, and there was no way Kimmy was going to waste the rest of her life cleaning up her stepfather's messes and rolling over to be his punching bag whenever a violent mood came over him. She was going to get away from here, and she was taking her brother with her. Chapter 15 By the time Kimmy got the bathroom at least relatively clean, Pip had fallen asleep, content to finish his interrupted nap at home. It was just as well. She was sure he needed the sleep. She still didn't know how he was processing their mother's death. He'd cried when the ambulance came to carry her body away, but how much did he really understand? Kimmy had tried to explain to him, but what words do you use to tell a three-year-old their mother is dead? Chuck was taking an afternoon snooze in front of the TV, and Kimmy tiptoed into the kitchen and scanned the cupboards. It was one of her regular pastimes, something she liked to call, let's see how much food there is and figure out how many days we can make it last. Today, she was lucky. She pulled down two cans of chili from the back of the cupboard and the heels left over from Chuck's white bread. She could feed Pip dinner after all. Glancing around at her sleeping stepfather, she wondered how to make the best use of her time. If Pip were awake, she'd take him outside. It was chilly out, but the fresh air did both of them good. Every winter brought two or three major cases of sinus infections and Chuck refused to let anyone see the doctor. The family could easily qualify for state insurance, but Chuck claimed the application process invaded their privacy and was convinced that Alaskan doctors were paid off for killing the most Medicaid recipients. Kimmy hated feeling so helpless, and just a few months ago at work she'd printed and filled out the forms to get Pip onto Alaska's free health care for children. She used the daycare's address instead of their own, and figured she'd keep the card there too in case Pip ever needed it. But the system was so backed up it would still be several months before she'd receive any kind of answer. And Kimmy didn't plan to stay here that long. 
All afternoon, while she cleaned, she'd been thinking through her conversation with Taylor, running through each fact and insinuation. Mom didn't write a suicide note. Or if she did, nobody had found it yet. If Mom wanted people to read that note, she would have left it somewhere obvious. Kimmy had no idea how many suicide victims really did write letters for their families to find, but the trooper thought it was strange enough to at least mention its absence. Mom had been in contact with Meg. About what? Chuck had sneaked up behind her while she was talking to her sister, interrupting their call before Kimmy could find anything else out. So what had Mom and Meg been talking about? How had Mom even reached out to Meg without Chuck finding out? Meg didn't think Mom killed herself. Did Taylor actually say those words? Or was that just the meaning Kimmy pieced together on her own? Meg had contacted the troopers. The troopers were investigating the case. Therefore, Meg must have given them some sort of information that cast suspicion on the suicide theory. Meg didn't think Kimmy was safe. Meg asked her again to come to Anchorage, only this time it wasn't so she could sweep in and save the day and set herself up as Kimmy's parent replacement, bossing her around and nagging her for all the ways she didn't live up to Meg's expectations. At least, it didn't feel that way. Not this time. Meg wanted Kimmy to leave Chuck. That was nothing new. She'd wanted Kimmy to leave as soon as she knew, or at least suspected, what kind of man their stepfather was. There was nothing legally preventing Kimmy from leaving. And even though Chuck would be mad to lose a free source of domestic labor, he was too lazy to come all the way down to Anchorage to cause her any problems. She could walk away now and never look back. But what would happen to Pip? Relentlessly, her mind replayed the dozens of times Chuck had used Pip as a hostage to force Kimmy or her mom to do what he wanted. She could pass that information on to Taylor, but would anything happen? What if Taylor came back and said that he couldn't take any action unless she could prove Chuck actually harmed Pip? She was stuck. But she wouldn't stay that way forever. There was some way out of this maddening prison. There had to be. She just wished she knew what it was. You've been listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry. Today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by The Beloved Daughter Audiobook, available exclusively on Audible. Visit alanaterry.com slash beloved to download the Beloved Daughter audiobook, narrated by two-time Audi Award winner Kathy Garber. If you're new to Audible, you can listen to this award-winning novel right away with a no-risk 30-day free trial when you go to alanaterry.com slash beloved. And don't forget to tune in soon for the next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Thanks for listening.